Welcome to Stories of Hope. I'm Christine Hotchkiss. Each week I bring you stories that will educate you, inspire you, and give you hope. I want to thank my studio sponsor, The Motivated Mind Group, your global creative agency based right here in downtown Chandler. Today my guest is Jody Walton. Well, tragedy struck her life and she found random act of kindness to come out of it. You see, forgive me. Jody lost her son, David. He was tragically killed on July 25th, 2019, while working for the Department of Transportation. He was filling a pothole with his coworker, and a box truck came through, unable to stop, hitting and stopped the car, cars, injuring several people and killing her son, David, and his coworker. And if you know me, I lost my daughter, so I was a little emotional on that one as a mom. She found therapy in putting positive words, pictures on rocks, and they have been seen and shared all over the world. Please help me welcome my dear friend, Jody Walton from David's Rocks. Welcome. Hi, dear. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes, and I, you know, if I wasn't emotional, then I wasn't really attached to a whole lot here. So I apologize, but I don't apologize. Um, with getting caught up on the fact that you had lost your son and out of that you found something that was actually hopeful for other people so thank you for sharing that with me but yes. be before we get into some questions tell me a little bit about your son David so David was born and raised here in, in Wallingford Connecticut where where I live and um, he was very much into music a wonderful musician and at 27, he decided to move down to South Carolina. He got a job with the DOT, and um, he was. we were so proud of him, and he was so happy to get this state job. Unfortunately, his life was cut short when that accident happened. But what I will tell you is for the 29 years that he was here and lived, he lived a full life. He, he did many things that he loved. The night before he passed away, he was at a concert at the House of Blues doing what he loved most, listening to live music. So I try to keep those memories close. Music touches the soul, does it not? It sure does. It does. Okay, so now I have had the privilege of having a few of your packages delivered to my home, and I have shared these rocks all over the place. And actually someone found one, and we'll get into it, and posted that they found one here in Arizona on your page. And I was like, that was the one I put there. So it was really neat to see that. <laughs> um, but there's a story behind it. It didn't just stop. And it didn't just stop with David's passing. It actually started with David's passing. You want to tell us how these rocks became part of your therapy and why they are where they're at now? Absolutely. It was purely an organic thing that happened during COVID when the world was kind of closed down. Um, my neighbor and I would sit in the driveway with social distancing and we decided to do crafts. Her name is Angel and she, should, she suggested garden stones. And that's how David's Rocks happened. We were just doing some crafts and I put his name on the back of a rock and gave it to one friend and then to somebody else. And through some of my grief groups and talking to people, there's several people that paint kindness rocks in honor of somebody or a loved one. So David's rocks happened. I said, oh, I'll start a little group on Facebook. 
and it's grown, I think it's just under 2,000 people, which is a lot for me and for what <laughs> I'm doing. But they're all over the world, from Italy to Australia to, oh my goodness, I've got the map behind me. Um, a friend went to Africa on a safari and she painted one and brought one that went there. I mean, it was just incredible to watch them travel. It's been that a great therapy. Cool. Yeah. You know, and I see behind you, and I'm gonna say this, but it's not being disrespectful because I'm gonna, I already forgave the person who said what they said to me. When I lost my daughter 16 years ago, not the same way, but lost my daughter, I have pictures up of both my kids and they were always there. But someone had come into my home and said, why do you have a shrine of photos? And I thought to myself, a shrine? Well, first of all, these pictures have always been up. It's where that person was in their life thinking that maybe you shouldn't have all these pictures up when someone's passed away. It just depends on how you're looking at it, right? So exactly. a memorial, whatever you want to call it. And I just thought I was taken back by it because it was so early in my stages of grief and loss that I was like, how do you how do you say shrine? It's a memorial, but the pictures were always there and it doesn't really matter how, how many pictures you have. It's, it's what's important to you. So behind you, I see several pictures of David and I'm going to assume that they're your inspiration for these rocks too. They are. And like you, our walls were, are always filled and still are with family pictures. Um, you know, not just David, but down here in my little workspace, there is a lot of David and he is my inspiration. Um, and I also keep close by when I paint. Unfortunately, there were several other young people and um, other loved ones that passed away. And I keep all their little pictures and cards right in front of me when I paint. They're, I actually tape them to my paint carousel. So they're just with me all the time. And um, I do get inspiration from David. And I, and I like to look at him as I do all of my family and friends. He just happens to not be here on earth anymore but he's still on our walls and he's in our hearts. 100%, and I like the fact that you actually, I wouldn't say have special requests, but you did have special requests for me because my sister also passed away six years after my daughter and her thing was ladybugs and my thing is butterflies and you sent me some stuff with both of those that I could share and, and, and hope that whoever found them at the right time, they were comforting to them as well. So I actually, I got carried away and already got rid of all of those. I placed them. Excuse me. I didn't get rid of them. I, I strategically I placed, <laughs> I placed the rocks. And these are just regular rocks that you would find anywhere. And this one, I love saying, today's your day, own it. And this one here says, enjoy today, right? It's the same concept. Yes. And, and on, um, so you can see it says enjoy. And on the back, it does have David's rocks. And it has the, the Facebook where you can go and see it as well. In each of these, you have this random act of kindness with the photo of David yes. and the information on the back of it, should anyone find these beautiful little messages where they can say, hey, I found this and however it made them feel. Um, and I, I love that you, you do this. Um, again, you just don't know who's walking what journey that that was maybe a special um, sign that they needed that they got through their day. Now, I also understand you just did an interview with a local news channel. Tell me more about yes. that one on these rocks. So several months ago, a Connecticut influencer on TikTok, it's, she goes by KK Blondie, she came to the house and did a TikTok on David's rocks. 
and it was it was beautiful you know those are very short but she put it very beautifully together and she did send it to the local news but we never really heard anything and i just kind of thought well you know maybe it's not the time last week i got a phone call and um taylor kinsler from nbc connecticut live called and that was on tuesday on thursday they were here and on friday it ran and it was a beautiful piece um lots of people reached out more people joined david's rocks which was lovely and i got to share some more of my story and david's story even more importantly so i love to share him with the world what is the story that you tell everybody well i i tell everybody through through this journey of grief for me grief is so connected with love it will always be a part of my life my grief for david will stay with me i carry it like a little invisible suitcase next to me and some days that suitcase is heavy sometimes it's not but it will always be with me because it's connected so connected to our love and i think people don't understand that they think you lose somebody and you should get through it get over it and those are terms we know we don't really want to hear and i don't believe that i think i take my love with me my love now for david is attached to that grief the one thing that i really really learned is your heart can be shattered in a million tiny pieces as a mother that loses a child as a spouse that loses their husband or wife a parent whatever it is but your heart still beats and so now i just know that every breath i take and my heart beating i do that for david too because he's not here so i want to make the best of this life i can pay it forward be kind and keep spreading these rocks. I mean, they've, it's just been an amazing therapy for me, but it's helping so many others. That's what I find really important, that the helping is healing. Me helping somebody is, is also helping me heal somehow. A simple rock, I mean, it's kind of crazy. Which brings me to something else that I was able to and thought of immediately you I did an interview with the CEO of the um, Ronald McDonald House Charities a couple of weeks ago. And that turned into something really great here in the studio for other people. But then that, that actually turned into something more that I forwarded to you. And that was I got to go do a tour I promised that I would do. So I went to the Ronald McDonald House and I did a tour. And I noticed that in there, on the grounds, there was rocks that were just, they were very faded. just painted rocks and I asked them knowing that they had some new art pro uh, programs that they were just beginning but I didn't know they hadn't started yet I just knew it from the interview I said what are these rocks because I pay attention <laughs> to a lot of things right and knowing what these symbolize with me knowing you and how I have strategically placed them throughout Arizona I thought maybe someone else had had the same idea and there are other people out there that are doing the same thing but have a different message. So I do want to give um, a shout out to any of you that do that because it is therapeutic and it is very helpful. So I asked the gal that I was doing the tour with and I said, what are these rocks? And she says, oh, they're just rocks that have been here for a long time that someone just painted and they just kind of move around. And, and I was like, oh, and, and they're not a part of your art program? She goes, no, we haven't started that yet. And I was like, ah. I said, I want to introduce you to this gal who has an amazing story behind her rocks that she paints and the messages that she puts on them. And so I introduced her to you. Did you guys connect? Yes, I'm actually working <laughs> on, I'd get them out next week. So I'm going to fill a big box of 
uh, all different colored smiley faces. I just thought it would be good for anybody that would look down and find a smiley face. It would make an adult smile, a child smile. So I've got a bunch going on the other side of my table. They just need to be top coated, wrapped up, and I'm gonna box them up and send them to the Ronald McDonald house there. Um, we went back and forth a few times, so that was really nice. Well, I thought it was even better because it's not so much about losing a loved one, which is what inspired you to do these rocks, but at, at um, the Ronald McDonald House Charities, not every person in there is going, not every child's going to pass away. But like you said, you're making smiley faces and other things that will give them a little bit of hope in that day in between all the stresses that we don't even know they're going through or all the doctor's appointments that these kids are going through or the displacement that a family can feel when they're not at their own home and their own beds because they have to take care of their kids in and out of doctor's offices and the hospitals that are close by. So I think that's great. And they can even, you know, hold it in their hand. They're like, they could be a little worry stone. I did have in the past, I've had people ask for me to make like a small rock for somebody going through treatment that they can just hold while they're having their treatment. Um, a friend of mine that his wife was going through uh, treatment for cancer. So they're right, they're, they're memorial rocks for me, for David, but for somebody else, they're, they're inspirational. So, and they could be whatever you want them to be. I love that, I love that. So where's the farthest rock that has been found? So Australia, there's been several that went to Australia. Somebody that I met through my grief group, I mailed a bunch out there and um, they placed them all. And when he had placed everything I sent, they said they might paint some of their own David's rocks. Would that be okay if they did that? And I said, of course. Um, one actually went to Sweden, but they don't do social media. So my email is on the back of the little card. They reached out to me, they were in New York City found a rock at, um, maybe it was the house, uh, not the House of Blues, what's the other restaurant there? I can't think of it now, the music restaurant, but they found a rock right outside there, Hard Rock Cafe. And she emailed me and said, would you like, would you like me to keep it in the, in the US or bring it back to Sweden? I said, oh, please bring it back to Sweden. Okay. So she did. Um, Italy, it's just endless. There's days I can't keep up. There's days it's quiet and they're not moving, but, um, over the summer, there was a lot of movement on David's Rock, so it's fun to watch them travel. I like that. And they travel because in the summertime, people are traveling. Um, do you do special requests? You know, I, if I can do it, I'll get it on a rock. If I can, you know, I'm, I was never the most artistic person, but now I found some ways to use some paper art and like, um, I'll show you this one if you can see it. Um, this is a shell and it's just oh, covered. Wow. It's covered in all different paper art. And I think I put some words on there, thankful, grateful, and oh so blessed. Okay. And you can also use it the other way, like just a little dish. Um, but if I, can, if I can do it, I will do it. Now you did send me, I think my first, um, I think I've had three packages delivered from you or by you uh, in the last what year or two that I've gotten to know you, which I don't even recall how we even were connected. It's that social media thing, right? And the me too factor of, of a child um, passing away. You did send me um, some shells, but they did not survive the packaging. No, they didn't survive. <laughs> no. They packed a little better than I had packed them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, what more do you want to share about these rocks that I, I have not 
even probably touch the surface on because I know you stay busy. I see, I have seen your TikTok and I have seen your Facebook stuff. Well, I think one of, one of the neatest things I did with the Kindness Rocks was this past summer, I did a Kindness Rock project at Sunnyside Up Early Care Learning Center in North Haven, Connecticut. That was David's very first school when he was three years old. His teacher okay. was Pat, a sweetheart. And so I went there and all the children brought in three rocks that wanted to participate. One to paint to take home, one to stay in the school rock garden, and one filtered back to me. And I have five left that we haven't placed yet. So this was one of the rocks that one of the students painted. And this was by a student named Nina. And what was neat about this is a letter did go home about David and that that was his school. I had worked there from the time I was 16. But the kids are so inquisitive and they were also so, Miss Jody, what did David like? They would say, and I would say, oh, he really liked music. So one young girl made a music staff with notes. And one, one little boy said, I wish David was here. I said, I wish David was here too, but he would be really happy we're doing this. You know, I made sure it would be okay. I answered any of their questions gently. And a few of them did ask some questions, but I think to teach children, I never learned about death when I was young. And so you were maybe frightened of it. So if we just interject it appropriately in conversation with the children at their level, we had a wonderful afternoon painting rocks. They were thrilled to go home with them. There's still some in their rock garden and I still have five to place here. I just placed three, I think a couple weeks ago in Vermont at a really cool spot. So I hope somebody finds them and they get reposted, we'll see. I like that. that. I, I like that. And you know, you've said it a couple of different times and I've heard it in a couple of other interviews that I've done. Um, first of all, no one's escaping death. Nobody. And when people ask how they die, I go, wait a minute, how about how they lived? Because we get stuck on the how they died and then we miss all of everything that's as to how they lived. So I always tell people, let me tell you how they, how she lived, you know, or, or, or whoever it is that I know that has passed away. It's like, let me tell you how they lived. Because how they died, it, it's, not, it's not really important, but somehow we've got stuck that way. The other thing I like the fact um, that you just mentioned is the kids are so inquisitive. When we're young, we're asking a lot of questions. I know, I was one of those kids and I think I still am. <laughs> um, education is key, communication is key, um, and trust is definitely key in the foundations of understanding more about why we are the way we are, why we think the way we think, and how we can actually look at other people and perhaps maybe treat them differently outside of who we are and what we do. And when kids are asking you um, these questions about death or saying, I wish David was here, and you're like, I wish he was too, teaching them to understand what death is versus keeping them from it, I think we have something new we can teach. What right, do you think? Right, you know? I, I agree with that. You know, you just teach them at, you answer them at their level, what they can understand. You know, one little boy did ask, because the letter went home about what happened to my son, um, the, uh, like a school newsletter saying what we were gonna do, one little boy asked, was it a big truck? And I said, it was, it was kind of big truck. But it didn't go further than that for him. That's where his inquisitiveness was, was about the truck that hit David. It didn't, wasn't a graphic conversation. It didn't get into the tragedy, nor would I with the children anyway. But I think you're right when you say 
to remember how they lived because for my son, for 29 years, three months and nine days, he lived. And in that ninth day of that 29th year that he was living in, a few seconds describes the tragedy. I don't live in the tragedy and he wouldn't want me to. So I live in the way that he lived and I hope he's proud of the way I'm trying to live and honor his life. And anyone who's lost a loved one, which like I said, nobody's escaping it, it affects us differently. Um, some people find therapy or purpose, like I founded Stories of Hope. You founded a way to inspire and give love uh, through your rocks. Um, I really would hope that people understand that it's how we live, not how we die. So what are you doing that you're living and that everyone else can talk when you have gone about how you actually did make an existence, and a legacy, we'll call it a legacy. Yeah, yeah, I, and it, it's that dash. What are we doing with that dash in between that mm -hmm. date we were came into the world and the date that we go wherever it is that we believe we go? So, Thank you. Yeah. So before I ask my final question, do you have any projects that you're working on besides the one I just gave you with the Ronald McDonald House? <laughs> I do. I have one little project right behind me that I can show you. Somebody asked me to make, I don't know if you can see this, but they're little ice cream cone rocks um, okay. for a function. I, I think it's for a bridal shower. She's been scooped is the theme of the shower. <laughs> That's cute. Although I said, I don't, I mean, I don't sell these rocks. I, I give them away. I said, if I can come up with something and you're happy with it, I'll be happy to do it. So she was happy with those. And um, yeah, so that's, that's for me. But I said, let me get them done now. So where do you get the rocks? Do you buy them? Are they sent to you? Do you have someone just drop them off? Where are they coming from? Well, my husband and I go rock collecting a lot, and we love to go to some beaches in Rhode Island and local beaches. Of course, it's cold now. The rocks that I just showed you for the ice cream cones, it was the first time I actually purchased rocks from Amazon. I got a little uh, information from another rock painting group that steered me in the right direction because I would never have, she needed 50, 50 consistent rocks. So I did, and they're, they were really nice, but I prefer not to pay for them. I prefer to go find them. There's something in finding the rocks and the shells that's also therapeutic. You look for that perfect rock. Um, another really neat thing that I like to do is places that we go. We like to put rocks, make, I like to make rocks that represent the place. Mm -hmm. So um, we do a lot of that too. So I just realized that I didn't ask you, what are you using for the material on these? So that one, I think even had a little glitter on top of the paint. And I may have um, dipped that rock in paint to make it a little bit tie-dye. And then you let one layer dry, you put your design on, you write it, and then a, a top coat. Um, and eventually they will fade too, if they're outside, you know, but. It's the idea of <laughs> it's the idea of them in the moment, I guess. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Very much in the moment, always being present. I love that. So I have a final question, and actually, throughout this interview, your contact information has been um, provided. So anyone that has any questions or wants to uh, get some of your rocks, yes. they can. If I only had one question, me the question person, right? to ask an individual to get an idea about who they are or what they're about, it would be this question. Ready? 
Yeah. What message would you like to leave everyone based on your journey of life? I think the message that I would leave to everyone is even in the moment when you think there isn't any more hope, maybe for me it was when I got that phone call and I couldn't believe it, it couldn't be, that hope does still exist and it does float up to the top through the journey. You can't, you can't fathom it when you're in this part of it, but as you move along with your grief and it stays with you and your love and hope rises up to the top, you're able to go on and find a way. And for me, it was the rocks. For other people, it could be a foundation. It could be just simply being kinder, being more generous. You don't have to start a foundation. You don't have to paint rocks, but it's what will work for you. And I think hope still exists. And for me, in the absence of David, I still have hope, love, joy in my life every day. I so like that. I like that. You know what I tell people who are on the journey of grief and people will say, I had this happen in the very beginning of my journey. You need to, to let them go and, and, you know, move on with your life. Um, that doesn't work that way. We're emotional creatures. We're always going to be reminded of something in our lives, joyous or, or painful. It's just part of how, how we are and who we are and how we're made up. But the one thing that I have learned in my journey and people that I have met along the way is we're on different journeys at different times. And grief is something that will come in waves and some days you'll be okay. We have the reminders of birthdays and angel anniversaries, which I refer to as their passing day, not the day they died, but their angel day. And yes. grief really is an individual journey and not to be so hard on yourself and let it be on your time and your terms, not what people think you should be already doing, whether someone thinks you have a shrine of pictures that were there the entire time, but they saw it differently, or if someone does put a bunch of photos up as a memorial, it's your journey. Don't let anyone tell you how to run through it or to put it aside, right? Exactly, I, exactly. It's so personal to us, as personal as our fingerprint. Absolutely, 100%. I love that you said that fingerprint because that is so very true. Thank you for being my guest, my returning guest on my new platform, mind yes. you, because we, we did this in 2020 on Skype. So different. So yes. different. Yes. So thank you again for sharing David's legacy, how you have taken a very tragic incident and made it something that other people can find hope and, and be inspired and um, to find that love that we still have, even though something different has happened to us. Thank you. Yes. Oh, I want to thank my studio sponsor, The Motivated Mind Group, a global, agent, global creative agency that's based right here in downtown Chandler. And thank you for watching. So if you like, subscribe, share, you'll get the next Stories of Hope episode. If you have a story that you want to help someone on their journey to give hope, please email me to the address of stories at christinehotchkiss.com. Or if you want to be a sponsor, please email me also to the address of stories at christinehotchkiss.com. Until next time, everyone, I wish you well, and you take care. Mm -hmm.